Hi, everybody. This is The Simpson Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how you doing? I'm doing fantastic in my Prohibition household. That's not true? Uh, it is for this week. My uh, wife is gone. I was going to say, uh, that's true, I guess, if you're the only one there. What about, well, Leo? As far as I know, he hasn't snuck into the bourbon, but maybe he's doing it tonight when I'm asleep. Leo's a little cute bourbon boy. Mm-hmm. I get I get some Leo time next week, and I'm already excited. And then I'm going to take him back to Canada. You absolutely are not. No, Leo. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpson Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, please check it out. Really encourage you to do so. We appreciate everyone who supports us. Keeps the show ad-free. On to this week's episode. It is Homer versus the 18th Amendment, episode 4, F-15. Originally aired March 16th, 1997. Written by John Swartzwelder. Directed by Bob Anderson. Finished 39th in the ratings. Nielsen rating of 8.9. Approximately 8.6 million viewing households. Was the second highest rated show on Fox that week following... Following what, Matt? Uh, X-Files. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the couch gag, the family are cowboys, and the couch is a horse, and it rides away. Not bad. It's okay. It's fine. I I, I think it's serviceable. Uh, episode guest stars, Dave Thomas as Rex Banner, and Joe Man- Joe Montana as Fat Tony. Dave Thomas does a spe- they Well, they both do a good job, but Dave Thomas is pretty exemplary. Really knocking out of the park. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty exemplary as Rex Banner. Uh he re- he nails that the thing they're going for. It really, I mean, Rex Banner is not necessarily a complicated character, but they commit and they do exactly what he is. Yeah. Uh, the episode begins uh, with Bart forgetting it's St. Patrick's Day. I I've, I've been there. I've been there. You wake up, you go, oh, it's whatever. It's a day, and then everyone is wearing green, and you're not. And then you're wondering why, and then all of a sudden you get pinched. You get pinched. I, I, I again, we were we were talking about pinching in the last episode. I don't pinching. I don't, I'm not. I'm I'm again it. I'm again it, Matt. It's true. Pinching just seems rude. It is rude. Don't pinch people. Don't ever pinch people. Not even people. No, don't even tease. It's not even. A, I don't pinching. Hot take. I love how you say pinching, not pinching. 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 Obviously, you come from the south. I get old boy like me. You know. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Uh. So Bart gets attacked at school by everyone, including his sister. Poor Bart. Uh, meanwhile, it being St. Patrick's Day, Homer is at Moe's waiting for Moe's to open. It's been St. Patrick's Day for hours, and I'm still not drunk yet. Oh, it's never going to be 9 o'clock. Oh, Mo, thank God you're here. We'd like to come in and drink, please. We kicked down the back door, but then there was a metal door. Yeah, all right. Listen up. This is the busiest drinking day of the year. Where are the designated drivers? Beat it. I got no room for cheapskates. I think... Oh, Mo, that... Hmm. It seems like a bad idea. Yeah, I, uh, I, mean, for that. I think it's perfectly in character with Mo. Uh, <laughs> I, but I don't... I think this episode is... Uh, it is, I think... There's a lot of drinking in The Simpsons. And despite the fact, they don't do a lot... Of, like, there's not a lot of episodes about drinking in particular. Well, there's Duffless, there's this, and then there's the one where Marge and Homer get like hooked on wine and Marge has to go to rehab. That's all I can think of. I mean, that's three out of 600. 
Oh yeah, I'm not saying it's a lot. I'm just saying those. I'm literally that. It's all I can think of. There's a few others, but that I mean, that's it. There's less than ten that are just solely about hey, alcoholism or drinking. And up until this point, I think Duffless has been probably the most successful at kind of exploring that. Uh, I think this is this. This does it kind of that same idea. Duffless is more personal. This that's more about Homer and Marge, honestly, and their relationship and how Homer's drinking affects it. This is more about like society in general and how much they rely on drinking (laughs) yes and how much of how much of everyday life is reliant on drinking on on vices on like you know things like drinking uh and how easily you can just how the i mean prohibition was a time period but no one remembers it because we none of us were alive we're we're that was a hundred years ago almost yeah so it's it's not it's not like hey my grandpa remembers it it's more like no no one is alive that this it's so, so especially I'm sure now. there's somebody alive who might remember it a little bit but nobody I know yeah exactly I I have never met anyone who remembered distinctly prohibition uh, my grandmother the only grandmother I ever knew was like five years old during it and that's it and she certainly wasn't have all these grand memories about uh, prohibition but the this you know the it. One, it, this little bit, I think it has become more of a focus nowadays than even it was in 1997, but the idea of, like, all these holidays are really just excuses to drink and party. They're not really... You're not celebrating anything. Like Definitely true. St. Patrick's Day, Cinco de Mayo, all the... Any of the American holidays that we think of as, like, no, they're not about drinking. I mean, people are drinking the entire time. I, you know. Well, I think most holidays have become an excuse for one of two things: gluttony, uh, which I guess I mean, if you if you encounter if you include gluttony, like drinking and gluttony, and you know, family togetherness, those are what holidays are for now. Uh, we we've stopped celebrating pretty much anything else besides those two things. Well, I mean, the drinking is to deal with the family togetherness, right? Exactly. That's what I mean. That's why I'm. That's why I enjoy nice spiked eggnog is <laughs> because I'm with. 20 people and i just want to be alone with my video games and my oh Simpsons. yeah uh but we 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 get that i mean and that's what this episode is all about is about how much of the social constructs are tied together with alcohol and how many people kind of on both sides of people who do drink and people who are against the the uh the miss Mrs the Mrs Lovejoys of the world Helen Lovejoys of the world both of them don't understand the other side whatsoever and it it's actually I think the most successful of the episodes that trying that are trying to do things like this uh and the other one like Cartridge Family is I think trying to yeah. do the same thing this does but I think it fails mostly I think this one is largely very successful um. Mo kicks out the designated drivers because they are cheapskates. They don't want to spend any money on on drinking. Uh, and we cut to uh, the parade where Kent Brockman is uh, is talking to us on the TV. Top of the morning to ye on this great grisly afternoon. Kent O. Brockman live on Main Street where today everyone is a little bit Irish except, of course, for the gays and the Italians. You don't get that one, Matt? No, I really don't. Like, why, why are the gays and the Italians not allowed to be Irish? Like, if you take that attitude, why are the Germans allowed to be Irish? Why are the Australians allowed to be Irish? I mean, it's... I mean, a lot of Australians came from Ireland, so that's a bad example, but still. I mean, that's what what it's pointing out. But, I mean, at the time, especially, 
there was they weren't allowing gays to march. There were like pride parades and then gay people marching in it, the Irish on St. Patrick's Day having their own thing. Like that was a big kerfluffle in the 90s. It's less of a hmm. big deal now. Also, the Italians, I think that's just a nod to. Swartz, John Swartzwater also writes a lot of weird historical things into his, into his episodes. Uh, like, it, it is a thing you can easily hallmark as, wow, that's a swartzwater thing. And I think it's just Irish and Italians in, you know, northeast cities, New York, Boston, all those areas, didn't like each other a lot. Well, I can definitely see that. So it's I, just weird. It's even weird to call it those two groups in particular. Uh, well, the gays, I think, is the actual topical at the time. Italians, I think, is just a long-standing like Irish people and Italian people as two groups of immigrants often found themselves at odds because of political situations. Mm-hmm. It's one of them smart. It's one of them smart jokes, Matt. Or historical references that you don't get until you know you learn about it through something else. I mean, that is a that's a isn't that smart? I, that's what I assume intelligence is. Otherwise, I've been modeling my <laughs> entire life wrong. Uh. The we we see the parade. It's colorful. There's Irish uh, policemen beating up people because I guess that's what they do. Uh, there is a lot of kind of uh, hey Irish stereotypes in this. Uh, I had to pull this very short clip of Marge because I think it's so delightful. Parades just bring out so many emotions in me: joy, excitement, looking. Looking, Matt. I I was unaware that looking was an emotion. It is emotion. It's especially when Marge enjoys quite a bit. Uh. Marge is a it does is, seem like her kind of thing. If Marge is wonderful, uh, the parade is crazy. Uh, everyone's getting drunk. There's a bombing, which whew, that is incredible. It they cut that from all the British airings. Because, I would hope so. That seems in rather poor taste. Yeah, that's the thing that really stood out to me as I was watching this and reading about everything. Is I mean, it, it's still a great episode. It's still really funny and still very on the nose about all that alcoholism, but. Like, this is right in the middle of the IRA, the Troubles, as they're called, of the, you know, the, the Irish, I, I don't, I don't know what to call them, like, people, some, some people call them terrorists, other people, you know, it's one, per, one man's terrorists is one man's, another man's freedom fighter, but it was right in the middle of this, this was not like, hey, this happened 30 years ago, like, people are still, like, getting blown up, uh, and they just had it in a Simpsons episode, like, ah, a little bit, that's a little bit much for me, <laughs> made me go, whew. I, I'm surprised it was included, honestly. Like, it made it yeah, into the it, episode. It, they get a lot of stuff past the censors, but that seems like something somebody would have stopped. I think the censors just didn't realize what it was doing because it is very brief. It's a very brief shot of a British pub being exploded. You don't really, unless you yeah. really are, like, quick in catching it, you're not going to realize, oh, it's just a weird explosion thing and people are drunk, so they're out excited about it. I, they probably didn't. I, I'm guessing is that the censor didn't realize what was happening. Uh, but everyone is going crazy, uh, which happens when... An entire town is drunk, uh, and Bart ends up buying a a horn of a, a noise thing, like a it's just like a big horn, I guess. I don't like it's not. I don't know what to call it aside from that. Yeah, I mean it's kind of like a vuvuzela, but that's the closest I could think to if you wanted to describe it, essentially. Yeah, to somebody who's knows what that is. I don't know. It's it that yeah, it's close to a vuvuzela, but. Bart is using it as a as an as a horn, yelling into it, uh, and then he accidentally drinks a, a lot of beer through it. Everybody, everybody, get naked! Come on, don't be stuck up. It's going to be great. Well, why not? This party's just getting started. Stop this 
celebration! That small boy is drunk! The the children celebrating is it always makes me chuckle. Uh, even despite the well, fact you know, they're they're super excited about their friend being drunk because you know he obviously he's the first one to come across that particular vice. I don't, I, I mean, it's it was it's all accidental. A big beer truck is driving by and it accidentally sprays a bunch of beer into Bart's horn and he drinks it. And I think that was actually a point of contention. I think in the script they actually rewrote so that Bart accidentally got drunk instead of purposely uh, drinking. Yeah, that seems like the kind of thing the censors would hop right on. Not the bombing, but showing a minor drinking alcohol on purpose. Well, I mean. I think it actually, I mean, it adds a little bit of, I don't know, it, I think it episode works better with him accidentally getting drunk than him purposely getting drunk, because I think that's a different story. I think that's a different, you're, you're creating a different story when he act purposely is getting drunk. And this, it is because it is just like a random act of chaos that gets him drunk. It makes the, I guess the resulting actions from Springfield even more ridiculous like if if children are purposely seeking out alcohol and finding it easily, okay, it's a little bit more defensible. But because it's completely ra- random that Bart get, was happens to drink all that beer, there, I, I think it this episode works better with Springfield being completely aimless about how they're legislating alcohol. Yeah, it does. You're right. It does make a little more sense that way. Because I, I mean, like that's kind of what they're going for. Is like this is all dumb. Like all everything that is going on in this is dumb. The the Homer's bootlegging is dumb. The law is dumb. Rex Banner is dumb. Every like, and all of this is about you know basically a a complete accident is why all of this is going on. That's true because if if Bart got the alcohol on his own, you'd be like, oh, we need to you know keep the kids out of this. But if it's a complete accident that happened, then you can't blame Bart. You can't blame the distributor. You have to blame alcoholism in general. Yeah, and so it's a scandal. We have a child drunk in the parade. How and on on television even and uh, many are suggesting the only solution is to bring back prohibition. What are you looking at? <laughs> what are you looking at? The innocent words of a drunken child. Well, I'll tell you what we're looking at, young man. A town gone mad. A town whose very conscience was washed away in a tide of beer and green vomit. I'm going down to Moe's for a couple beers. I'll come with you. No! No more drinking. I'm tired of looking like the world's worst mother. Oh, honey, you're not the world's worst mother. What about that freezer lady in Georgia? (laughs) But what's the solution? Are we so bereft of ideas that we must revive the antiquated notion of prohibition? Channel 6 says yes. Prohibition. They tried that in the movies, and it didn't work. I predict this is the last we'll be hearing about Prohibition. We want Prohibition! We want Prohibition! You can't seriously want to ban alcohol. It tastes great, makes women appear more attractive, and makes a person virtually invulnerable to criticism. Oh, won't somebody please think of the children? What kind of an example are we setting? Ladies, please. All our founding fathers, astronauts, and World Series heroes have been either drunk or on cocaine. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if he's wrong, but it sounds right. I mean, a lo- it's not a great way of phrasing it, but... Well, that's true. It's 
not he's not wrong and i, I like and we the is at this point uh the 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 old clerk guy shows up with uh, i guess the town charter or whatever it is town constitution and says oh yeah there's actually been a law that's been in the books for 200 years about prohibition and we just haven't enforced it and there's also a law about ducks must wear pants <laughs> having to wear pants they don't yeah. need, they have feathers they that's nature's pants that's right don't tell me donald's not naked all right well i mean he doesn't need the shirt either but you know that's for fashion Oh, okay. That makes total sense. That's just to look cool. And also, you know, I mean, makes them look, sets them apart from the other ducks. Hmm. Because otherwise, they they probably look very similar. Um, But Prohibition is back. uh, And the act ends as we cut from all the drinkers of Springfield uh, being being struck by uh, the, the law coming back. Include uh, you included Bernice Hibbert in this, Matt. Why is that such a shock? Well, because everyone else they show you, it's like Barney and Mo, and I think there's like one other Homer. I think Mm -hmm. starts with Homer, and then that that they needed a fourth alcoholic, so they went with Bernice Hibbert. That just seems like a weird choice. I mean, it's not. I I think I mean I like that they went with her. I mean, it is very random, but because it's not like we see a lot of her anyway. But it's just hey, this is a upper class person true i mean the person i actually could afford this kind of thing but it's like you could have showed lenny or carl or but, i think it's bill one of their bar flies well, they're but... all they're all the lower like homer is the middle class right homer is a middle class person and I barney barney and mo are lower class barney yeah. and mo lower class and then we have mrs bernie sebert is is an upper class she's a, the wife of a of a the successful a successful doctor in springfield uh, and uh, you know it's 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 hitting across all cl- uh, along all class lines. It, this is not discriminate. Uh, and then that's what kind of what the thing is like. Deb said, "Say is like uh, most like a lot of people drink, and it's not like it's easily dividable among like oh yeah these these people drink and these people don't. It's the it it's like religious people drink non and non religious people drink. People who are rich and poor drink. People along all different." every kind of uh, demographic you can think of every race and gender yes basically i know what you're saying now yeah everyone is everyone drinks and it doesn't prohibition is is an insane idea and it's not i mean that's what the episode is kind of getting at is that yeah alcohol does bad things but just to enforce prohibition is like incredibly insane and foolhardy and impossible like i mean i mean that's what we we see it as the episode goes along but it affects everyone, and the fact that some people think that it doesn't, they're wrong. That's that's a good point. They're wrong. We we go to commercial. So, and when we come back from commercial, uh, we see a nice news report, uh, basically on you know what are the consequences of what's got of this alcohol ban. No, we're not worried. Our customers buy duff for its robust taste, not its alcoholic content. I predict our new alcohol-free Duff Zero will sell even better than our previous brand. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the end of me. So I, there's a bit of a visual gag in the middle where it's they close after 30 minutes. I just loved his line. That's the end of me. <laughs> I, yeah, the I mean, even non-alcoholic beer still has some alcohol in it. It's not. It's just yeah, not. but it's. I think it's like less than half a percent or something like that in it, order to be called well, non-alcoholic. It depends on 
like a lot of it depends on wh- where it's made and where it's sold because you can i think apparent like in some places you can call a beer a non-alcoholic beer and have up to like a like a percent or two percent of alcohol in it and it's still technically non-alcoholic beer i don't know it it all like a lot of laws about alcohol like it is incredibly like uh i don't know minute levels of of differences between a not even states, but counties, you know, like dry counties. That's a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I mean, that's my family in up north in New Jersey. They live in a dry county. And every time we drive up there, every time we fly up there, we get, they pick us up the airport and we would stop on the, stop at the liquor store that is directly outside the county on the way in. It, it, it's, <laughs> so everyone can get the, the booze that they want for whatever, for the time we're there. <sighs> so it, again, it doesn't stop anyone really. Uh, Duff Zero is a, it's not a good, not a good name either. No, no. I mean, I, I'd laugh if that's where they got Coke Zero from, but you know, it's, 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 it's what they had to do and what they failed. So they should have moved into, I don't I understand. Is Duff only sold in Springfield? Is it a Springfield only beer? Even FUD has better distribution than that. Maybe they don't only sell in Springfield. Maybe, but also maybe, maybe it's just the Springfield plant shuts down. Maybe maybe that he's he's just the guy who runs the Springfield plant. It's like uh, uh, Pawtucket beer or whatever that only exists in one town in Rhode Island. I mean, family guy. I mean, they've touched on this in other episodes from time to time about how Springfield is, it is its own its own whole universe. So there's no McDonald's there. There's Duff, true. Duff is the the only beer people drink in Springfield is Duff. So that's why it's successful because everyone in the town drinks it. Fair enough. Even though there are ads from you know Hollywood movies for Duff, Man, I, w- but we're what, moving past it. I know, want, I know. What I do know. you want me to do? Man? I can't help. Okay, are you t- you want me to defend the fact that sometimes there may be probably continuity things going wrong in a, in the show that's going on for no, hundreds I'm good. of episodes. Don't worry episodes. about it. Don't worry about it. I, we yeah, can yeah, talk yeah, about that. You want to go on? No, I'm good. Okay. Anyway, uh, the mafia is apparently already on it. Uh, they're importing all kinds of fun alcoholic things into Springfield, and Moe's was unfortunately closed for a few hours, but it's open again. It's a it's a speakeasy now where it's got way more people and hot jazz music, which I guess jazz music and prohibition just go together. As soon as you you go to a speakeasy, it's got to be playing jazz. Like a bar, no jazz. You'll never hear jazz in a bar, or if you do, it's it's very weird. I mean, but in a speakeasy, it has to be. Okay, I, I would say that. To be a speakeasy, it has to be playing jazz. Right. You may hear jazz in a regular bar, but you cannot be called a speakeasy unless you play jazz. Fair enough. I like uh, it. I think okay. that it's, it's I, good I, I think you could also you could be called a jazz bar, but speakeasy is a cooler name. Why would you ever go by a jazz bar when you can just be called a speakeasy? That's true, especially with you know prohibition and all. And also, like this episode is referencing the Untouchables a lot. And the real life history of prohibition, and yes, like the reason the mafia is, exists existed is because of prohibition. Is because people wanted alcohol, and there was so so much demand, and because it was illegal, there was a there was a group of people who are willing to meet that demand, and they got organized. Hence, organized crime. Whoa. I mean, obviously, there's a- you blew my mind, Matt. Yeah. In this case, the the mafia, the Springfield mafia, are bringing uh, small hooch in all the way from Shelbyville. You know, the next town over. They had to go a long way for that. <laughs> they did. 
Um, uh, but uh, we even see Wiggum at the speakeasy dancing up a storm uh, with uh, what appears to be loose women. And, of course, the Prohibition ladies, uh, which the only ones I recognize are uh, – well, actually, I'm pretty sure it's it's Maude Flanders, uh, Helen Lovejoy, I think Agnes Skinner's in those, there. Those, I could be those, wrong. Those are the three. Okay, that's what I thought. I think there are more unnamed ones behind them, but you don't need a good look at them, obviously, because we don't know who the hell they are. No, they're just it's just uh, it's just people. It's just uh, the random yeah. crowds. The random. I mean, Helen Lovejoy does do the, the police thing of the children in the first act, and you know they're they're the normal mortal brigade of uh, of Springfield. Indeed, uh, Wiggum of course tries to charm them, but uh, just walking up to them in his sweaty <laughs> adult states uh, causes Helen Lovejoy to call him a pervert. I and demand. I really like that scene. It, uh, it's so Wiggum is. I really like Wiggum in this episode. How um, what such a mess he becomes, but he's not. He's not great to start with, and I think that that's the other thing. Is just like it makes every this pro- prohibition and like makes everyone look stupid no matter what they are what they're doing wherever they're like it, it's just all this foolish behavior to act like it's a thing we're not doing anymore but yet everyone is doing it everyone knows it's happening but no one has we all have to act like it's not and it just makes wiggum just putting on the wiggum charm and just they the way they frame it from her point of view is perfect it's absolutely perfect because if I saw that dude just walking at me with that look in his face, I would immediately go, "Uh, what's happening?" Yeah, I'd be like, eh, <laughs> no, "What? No, no go away! Don't stay! Stay away from me! Don't walk! No, I don't want to talk to you." So yeah, it's it's perfect. It's beautiful. It's really well framed, and uh, I don't know, is he's so he looks so sweaty, and it really sells it. Ugh. Yeah, it's like he looks gross, and, and basically Wiggum's a, a big guy, so that's probably terrifying for any woman. So, you know, they're, they, of course, go to Mary Quimby and demand that they bring someone in. Uh, Mary Quimby at first tries to stiff them and says, you're a bunch, just a bunch of low-income nobodies, and gets informed that, yeah, once again, there's an election coming up. They just keep happening. <laughs> because he has to be reminded of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, democracy. So uh, he brings in someone who will do something to Rex Banner. Hey, I was watching that, and I was sitting there. Rex Banner, I'm running this department now. Wiggum, you're out. Suspended indefinitely. Huh? Tuck in that shirt. Get those shoes shined. Take that badge out of your mouth. You're police officers. Well, what are you waiting for? Somebody to kiss you goodbye? Well, no, 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 I guess not. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, I, I guess not. I, uh, I guess not. I'd be nice, but I guess not. I mean, I'm t- I don't want to. I'm talking a lot about the uh, alcoholism and prohibition and issues of this thing, but it, it is in- also incredibly funny and incredibly tight, tightly written script. Like it is, yeah, it is one of those. There's not a dead second in this. No, it is a very prototypical, like so densely packed with jokes Simpsons episode. It is just like everything is building towards a joke of some kind, even the things that are like very plot purposeful plot elements are still used for a joke and everything it just doesn't stop it's just 22 minutes of pure comedy indeed uh at this point banner basically he does the job that the police probably should have done and even he yeah i don't know if you guys have known this from watching the episode he's a little overzealous yeah he completely blocks all the roads coming in so there's giant pileups of cars uh 
he hands out Tommy guns to all the police officers who shoot all the booze, not confiscate and pour it down the drain. They shoot it uh, and then refuses to take a bribe from the mafia. Doesn't arrest them, but refuses to take a bribe from them, which uh, I like his. Now, one, uh, I prefer to call them Chicago typewriters, Matt. Rather than Tommy Oh, guns. yes, of course. The Chicago, Chicago typewriter. Chicago typewriter. That's, the, that's the, I think, the coolest name for the Tommy gun. Uh, also, Tommy guns are, like, frightening guns. Like, I know, like, oh, yeah, they, they, like, are... They use giant bullets. Yeah, exactly. They, like, just destroy things. It's not just, like, a, a, a like, a nine millimeter, like, tunk. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, I mean, they used them in World War II. So it's not, like, it is, it feels like the use of them on the street, I mean, they're emblematic of... The, the of the mafioso wars during prohibition and it's like felt more like instruments of war brought to the street rather than like a normal handgun you'd see a gangster use um rex banner is it, yeah he overzealous a good word but it's just it, he's emblematic of the problem with people who think the solution is just banning something and it's i mean in this episode it is alcohol but it's not it's it's never just that it's it's i think it, he is what kind of i think the cartridge family might be missing honestly is mm-hmm. this this caricature of someone who is unyielding is is everything is black and white there is no gray and whenever like i think it's a thing that they say at the end of the episode is like yeah uh the solution to and cause of all of life's problems is like it is a tremendously gray area of the the way alcohol is used in our society, how it binds and causes how it binds us together and causes problems for everyone. And the solution is, hey, just ban it, just make it illegal. I'll solve it. Is incredibly stupid. And Rex Banner is like the personification of that, where he's just like, yep, all I have to do is just enforce this law to the most cruel extent possible, and it'll solve everything. He's very much a, a law and order candidate uh, for pretty much anything. Also, I love the fact that uh, Fat Tony tries to give him the bribe. Uh, Rex Banner thinks it over for a second, then throws it back at him. But then uh, Fat Tony's like, "Oh, I'll just, I'll, I guess we'll concentrate on smuggling heroin." Yeah, and Rex he's Banner's okay like, with that. He's of fine with that. He's fine with heroin. I think. And then like that's the thing where Rex Banner's brought into like alcohol is compared to heroin, not nearly as serious as a as a narcotic, but. Who cares? Heroin's not important to enforce right now. We're worrying about alcohol. Well, yeah, that's that's Rex Banner for you. Uh, of course, uh, Fat Tony also asks him, how do you know you, you wouldn't like a bribe if you've never taken one? And uh, Rex Banner says, oh, this is kind of nice. Wait, no. So, you know, he was open to the idea for a little bit. You know, he was, a, he was that kind of guy who experimented in college with bribes, but not, <laughs> not anymore. He pondered briefly. He pondered, yes, yes. Uh, next up, Homer, of course, is disappointed uh, that the beer is now gone, and so he comes up with a plan. First, I thought prohibition was a good thing. People were drinking more and having a lot more fun, but without beer, prohibition doesn't work. Hey, hi. Can I arrest any of you people for anything? No. Ah, jeez, I don't have anything to do anymore. With Banner around, alcohol and crime are history in this town, and so am I. Now, don't say that. Alcohol is a way of life. Alcohol is my way of life, and I aim to keep it. Sounds like you have a plan. Maybe I do, Chief. 
Maybe I do. Homer, of course, doesn't have a plan, so he goes to Bart to force Bart to think of a plan, which they just stand Bart on his head and try to get him to think of something. Uh, of course, this this doesn't work because that's, that's not how thinking works. Uh, but when Homer sees uh, Barney on TV keeping a lonely vigil at the Duff beer plant, uh, he comes up with a plan. I got it! We're going out, Marge! If we don't come back, avenge our death! All right! So, it's very important that you tell your next of kin to avenge your death. That's the most important thing. And I just love how Marge is totally okay with that. She's like, all right, fine. Hmm. You know, it's it's a little weird. She's not quite as suspicious, uh, but we'll see why in a little bit. Uh, Homer and Bart go to the dump, and just they dig up all the beer because they didn't pour it out or anything. They just put the barrels in the ground and buried them, which seems like a silly thing to do when you want to get rid of a liquid that's not toxic. You just pour it on the ground. They didn't have the Tommy guns yet, Matt. What were they supposed to do? Of course. It's so much easier to bury a whole bunch of barrels in the dump than it is to just pour out the beer down the drain. Um, Of course. No one in Springfield is smart, Matt. I know, I know. But it works. Uh, they load all the beer up, and they uh, they get away uh, with Rex Banners trying to shoot them. Because, again, Rex Banners a law and order candidate. He, he's not for subtlety or trying to arrest anybody. If you're trying to use alcohol, he will try and kill you with the utmost uh, force. And uh, I, I, while they're running away, they... I was going to say that it's a little... Guns are not catapults. That's true. They're they're deadly. Unlike catapults, which probably just launch you far distances. I mean, catapults are also deadly, but I'm just saying Rex Banner was, I think, overreaching even on the how the prohibition law is uh, set up because they its punishment is catapult specifically. They like they specify catapults. A gun is not. I just want to I'm just trying to make clear guns are not catapults. That's that is accurate. I mean, hard stand, hard stand, Matt. Guns are not catapults. Well, I'm glad you, you understand physics in some way, shape or form. Okay, is a treb is a trebuchet a gun? No, no. I mean, they are projectile launchers, uh, but they, I don't think they would be considered a gun. Is a cannon a gun? I would probably say yes. Is a firework a gun? All right, hold on. We're asking Google. I don't. I'm not asking uh, Google. A I'm, weapon incorporated. I'm uh, asking you. A weapon incorporating a metal tube from which bullets, shells, or other missiles are propelled by explosive force. So yes, a fire a firework, depending on the type of tube, uh, <laughs> would be considered a gun. A firework launcher. Okay. So is a mortar that. also a gun? A gun. I, uh, technically, yes. Okay. Uh, so also, just so you know, uh, muscular arms also considered guns. Muscular just in case arms you didn't know that. are guns. Indeed, but there's no cannon. There's, there's no gunfire there. There's no can. There's no 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 powder. I I would agree, but you know it's part of the dictionary. My arms are not tubes. I mean, they're kind of tubular in shape. If you don't work, my out arms a are lot. totally tubular, dude. Yeah, good oh, show. Man. All right, that's it. That's <laughs> it. We're done. We're done with that. All right, moving along. Knocking over great stones is bad luck. Homer thinks I it's heard. Good. It, I heard it was good luck, man. I, I've never heard either way, but I, I tend to stay out of cemeteries despite their wonderful quiet. Walking on graves is bad luck, but knocking over the tombstones, good luck. That's true. That's true. That's that's definitely good luck for you. You, you walk over somebody's grave and uh, they get a little shiver to know that you're thinking about them, even though they should be dead if they have I, a grave. I, anyway, thought it, I thought it was the other way around. You shivered, not them. When you're walking over someone's grave? Yeah. I, I always heard it, oh, I feel like someone just walked over my grave. But I'm not dead. How would I, how would I have a grave if I'm that's, still alive? That's why it never made sense to me. I think we're just missing so. a, a, some greater picture here. Yeah. If you know any more about this colloquialism, please let us know. Uh, don't let us know. Bart and Homer, <laughs> please. Okay, let me know. Uh, 
Mar- uh, Bart and Homer make it home, but they lock up the basement. Uh, when Marge attempts to go to laundry, she is kept out. Uh, Bart and Homer are extremely cagey with Marge. <laughs> Going bowling, not back event stats. Why do you have so many bowling balls? Oh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you, Marge. So long. So, yes, Homer does not want to lie to Marge. Uh, so, obviously, the easiest way to do that is not say something. I mean, I, I suppose it could be a lie of omission, but, hey, that's that's a gray area, and Homer's all about the gray areas. That's not a lie, Matt. I, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think it's a lie, at least in Homer's mind, anyway. Or apparently in Robbie's. Mm-mm. So, uh, basically what's going on is Homer and Bart have loaded the beer into bowling balls, through, and when they bowl them, a very complicated series of pipes and tubes somehow gets them to Moe's. I kind of, this kind of leads me to believe that this was already an existing system in some way, because I don't think Bart and Homer could have been smart enough to hook all this up, or Mo or anyone they know in Springfield. I think, I think that the, the, it was constructed so that there was empty spaces there. And all they did was add the tubes. Entirely possible. Or it's also possible Mo just would like to steal bowling balls. What would he do with a bowling ball, Matt? I'd sell them, apparently. I mean, some bowling balls go for good money if you get one of them fancy bowlers, which apparently Homer is. I know, but you, those are, one, those are, well, I, Mo is lazy. That's true, but, you know, maybe they existed before Mo, and he's just taking advantage of it to steal bowling balls up until this point. Do we have, do we ever learn what, what existed at Moe's before Moe's did? I don't think so. Not as far as I know. We know the history of his bar rag, but not his bar. Oh my, don't remind me. I know. It's such an awful episode. <laughs> anyway, uh, um, Barney apparently has to pay $45 for this beer because that's what Homer and Bart have decided to charge, uh, which leads Homer to you know tell Bart, hey, the real money's in bootlegging, not your childish vandalism, which uh, Bart, of course, calls them, them wasted nights. Uh, since apparently all he wants to do, he, he thought vandalism would somehow make him money. I don't know if anyone knows this, but no, uh, it will in fact cost you quite a bit of money uh, for supplies and not getting caught. I mean, or getting Shepard Ferry made quite a bit of money. Well, that's after he became big. So, okay, on average, you won't make any money with Bart is just building his brand, man, street art. His, his uh, uh, El, Barto. El Barto brand. El Barto brand, come on. He's he's of just course, all course. it requires is one picture of Andre the Giant and then you're drawing campaign posters for presidents. That's all it takes. Future Fair future enough. career graphic design Bart Simpson. El, it's or, definitely a possibility. Al, we we know he's an art. At least in one future, he becomes an artist. There you go. See, uh, of course. From here, we got to Rex Banner uh, being sad. What's the matter, Chief? Yeah, you barely touched your banana kaboom. This isn't a very happy birthday for Rex Banner. And that's the way they play it. Hello, fishies! Uh. Listen, Rummy, I'm gonna say it plain and simple. Where'd you pinch the hooch? Is some blind tiger jerking suds on the side? Yes. So I love Barty at the end there. Yes. <laughs> As if he understood what the hell Rex Banner just said. Because, I, I mean, from context clues, I think we can understand. But beyond that, mm-hmm. Robbie, are, are you a blind tiger? Are you jerking studs on the side? Yes. Uh, there you go. That's the correct answer. I don't know what a, I mean, jerking studs on the side makes sense. Suds are beer, obviously. But what's a blind tiger? A tiger, can't, a tiger can't see. He's lost his vision. Well, there you go. I guess that's 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 a good reason. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but at this point, uh, Marge finally catches Homer and rather than being mad at him, is impressed. Wait a minute. I forgot to make sure the coast was clear. Ah, it's probably clear. Let's go. I can explain, Marge. Please let me explain. Oh, why won't you let me explain? You're the one the papers have been talking about. That mysterious beer baron who's been supplying Springfield with alcohol. How have you been getting away with this? Well, and I can explain, remember? I fill the balls with beer that I found at the dump, and then I boil them and some underground pipes take them into Moe's. Homer, that's very clever. Huh? Mom? Well, it is. I've known your father since high school, and this is the cleverest thing he's ever done. Besides, he's only breaking a silly 200-year-old law. It is silly, Marge. And look at all the money I'm making. Ooh. Mom, prohibition may be unpopular, but it's the law, and we still have... Go to your room, Lisa. Lisa. <laughs> I love that bit at the end. The go, go to your room, Lisa, because, hey, you're breaking a law that doesn't make sense. So here we show that Lisa is also a law and order kind of girl, uh, and Marge is not, which is a reversal from how things usually are. Well, I mean, Lisa, I think is just being her like hey yeah it's wrong but we should i mean she's not wrong i don't think lisa's wrong in this like yeah you probably should just find ways to like protest the law and get it overturned rather than just break it and try and profit off of it but that's also like i don't know it's not tremendously popular kind of look way to look at things like this is not just Oh, we should. I don't know. She's she's also it's the most boring thing, and it's kind of the episode. I think it's a little wink and a nod towards everyone who's like Lisa's always like it's a joke on Lisa's expense. At least the the that characterization of Lisa and that she's always like, hey, what's no, that's wrong. Let's not let's stop having fun. Mm-hmm. Oh, Lisa, never wanting to have fun. I it's I don't know, and I like I like Marge just going. No, this is it is dumb and. This is incredible. It is pretty clever on Homer's part, and he is making money. I don't. I'm fine with it. And I'm like, it's at least they let Marge be like smart. Like that's the thing. Like it gets. She's been on that moral brigade like person forever, and just letting her not be it a couple times. Uh, you know, be it once in a while. It just makes her look like you know. There's nuance to her. She's not an idiot. Which was like that's what I I you know they make Lisa look like an idiot. She's an eight year old girl, so whatever. But well, they they just needed somebody in the family to basically step up and say we have to uh, you know apply this law to ourselves. Otherwise, they'd just be like, eh, the whole Simpson clan is on on point with breaking the law. Well, I mean, we everyone breaks the law consistently. Yeah, so whatever. I think that's. I mean, and that, and that, I mean, uh, I mean that's what prohibition is about. It's like everyone in town is breaking the law all the time. Everyone is everyone's drinking more than they were before, and and what you've done is made them criminals for no good reason. And I don't know. It's not just. I mean, this is kind of I think John Sportswater's like libertarian leanings showing up, but I think it's the part of libertarianism that most people kind of agree with is that you know prosecuting pretty like harmless narcotic use is pretty dumb and makes people criminals when they shouldn't be. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's, that's a pretty big staple of The Simpsons is that libertarian streak. And in this case, they just for some reason have Lisa being the side of paternalism, which I guess makes a little bit of sense. Uh, Lisa has been a, a hardcore liberal for a while, and there's a lot of that in the, the hardcore liberal stance. So I guess it makes sense. Yeah, it's uh, I don't I don't necessarily think it's wrong. It's the thing I just don't think I don't know. It just makes her look kind of I, I like it is 
it's a thing that makes everyone really stupid. And I think they just, I think Lisa is like the school of thought of like telling rather than showing. And I think the episode mm-hmm. does a good enough job of showing all of the stupidity that is involved. And Lisa is like trying to tell and it doesn't need it. So she goes to her room. <laughs> and there you go. That's, and that's pretty much the last we'll see ever for the rest of the episode. She shows up a little bit uh, when uh, the stills start exploding. That's true. Uh, but from here, we go to Moe's, where some fun stuff is happening. Open up, Curly. This is a raid. A raid? Curly? Um, all right. But uh, I don't know what you expect to find in a uh, simple uh, neighborhood pet shop. Pet shop, eh? Well, I just have one question. What kind of pet shop is filled with rambunctious yahoos and hot jazz music at 1 a.m.? Um, the, the best damn pet shop in town. Yeah! All right, but you people remember, baby turtles and alligators may seem like a cute idea for a pet, but they grow up. Let's go, boys. Those gears down there really hurt. So, yes, uh, apparently Moe's is masquerading as a pet shop. Rex Banner is an idiot, and Barney is too lazy to actually move when he gets very, very hurt. He was fine. He just ripped some clothes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously he got hurt because he said so. But beyond that, yeah, no. So, uh, at this point, however, Rex Banner is still concerned, but he feels that he will get Homer. You're out there somewhere, Beer Baron, and I'll find you. No, you won't. Yes, I will. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's, for so many years, I thought he said doe at the end instead of won't. I don't know. It wasn't until I saw the subtitles watching it this time that I realized that's what he says. Well, uh, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, again, it's, this whole episode is playing with the conventions of this kind of, st- of this, of the untouchable kind of, pseudo noir detective story kind of thing uh and they are like purposely acknowledging like rex ba- rex banner is alone like talking to himself and yet homer is answering him uh from some from presumably his house uh and it's very much playing up the fact that we it is acknowledging us as a viewer basically it is acknowledging that like they have there's a narrator uh also played by dan castellanetta and that is also like it is telling us what's going on in the story and it like it is clear this episode is clearly like aware that we are watching it is aware that there's an audience well yeah i mean i i feel like it's a a silly gag but you're right i i mean yeah, it's a silly gag because everything in it is a silly gag. But I like I don't I there's craft here that is very that subtle things that people everyone knows. But I think it's worth pointing out to just illustrate the reasons we like the episode so much. It is like, yes, clearly there's a narrator. Yes, clearly it's just it's a it's a funny joke for Homer to be talking to Rex Banner when Rex Banner is moody and brooding on some water tower somewhere. But it is also like a reason why the Simpsons are so good is like it plays against genre tropes and subverts our expectations. And those like, I don't have to 
no one has to tell uh, someone who watches The Simpsons like why those things are funny. Is because those things aren't those things are given to us so much that we're just used to them being like when you watch a detective story and the detective is alone and like sitting somewhere by himself in the dark and he's just like I'm gonna do the thing and then it's always played up for that kind of played up you know for because he's some brooding hero and in this case Rex Banner is the opposite he is the antagonist of this and having Homer just subtly undermine his little vigilante moment his Batman moment just <laughs> makes it makes us laugh and makes us like respect Homer even more I think indeed uh but at that point we go to commercial a commercial indeed a oh, commercial oh uh we come back Homer has a new hat it's a nice hat it is a nice hat it's very uh you know 20s 30s hat yeah exactly it looks it looks it's period appropriate for when the when Springfield uh jumps back uh, nearly a decade no, nearly a decade nearly a century and uh they are out of beer, which is a problem when you're trying to bootleg beer because you need the beer. It's an important part of Prohibition, well, yeah. as Homer has established. Uh, so Homer buys 42 bathtubs, passes up. He passes up the deal, 50 for $3,000. Well, yeah. I like It's a very small bit of humor there, but I really enjoy that, that, little, uh, that little bit of, of, of just general salesmanship of people like trying to always upsell you to more of something you don't really need like i went to the store and i'm buying a loaf of bread and the the person's like oh you get two loaves for like 60 cents more I'm like i still don't need a second loaf it's a, i still it's true I don't well, the, the question is would homer have actually saved money or was the 40 what six or 48 was that less than buying the 50 i think it's well what are you gonna do with those eight extra bathtubs i don't know but if Buying eight more was cheaper. You could like sell them in. Well, I guess this is the '90s, so sell them in the classifieds. I don't think it's cheaper. I think that it was probably slightly more expensive, but a deal, quote unquote. That's my maybe. Guess. Never know. That's my guess. Um, but now, so so Homer is now making his own liquor because they've run out of beer, uh, which makes him a patriot. Now you're making your own alcohol. That's even more illegal than what you were doing before. <laughs> Remember, honey, we're just obeying an unjust law here. We're patriots, like all those people in jail. That's how you define a patriot, all right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Some people are like uh, are like talking about how I don't. I'm. They're alluding to some fact that like America's jailing patriots that Schwarzwater was just threw into his into the episode. I don't. I've never read it that way. I always read it to, yeah. We. I. I'm. I'm. I mean, I just. I always threw in the fact like, yeah when you make stupid laws, you're going to make a lot of people criminals for no good reason. Yeah. That, that is definitely, that's, uh, that's all I read into it. I didn't read any other, like utter, like subtle, like anti, like anti-political thing. Like I, uh, some people I think are like, uh, ascribing like anti-Clintonism at the time in 1997 to it. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I was, I was 12. I didn't really have much idea of what, of what was happening, so I can't remember, and I don't like, uh, like I don't know, uh, whatever. Um, again, Matt, liquor takes longer than that to make. You gotta, why you gotta? Well, yeah. Why you gotta? It, it, it's magic. Don't worry about it. Those magic bathtubs. <laughs> uh, Bert's Banner is on edge. He's just basically walking the streets looking for the beer baron, shaking people down. Are you the beer baron? Well, if you're talking about root beer, I plead guilt-dilly-ilty as char diddly <laughs> He's not the Baron, but he sounds drunk. Take him in. Are you the beer Baron? 
Yes, but only by night. By day, I'm a mild-mannered reporter for a major metropolitan newspaper. Don't crack wise with me, Tubby. Tubby? Oh, yes, Tubby. Hey, Fender, how's it hanging? None of your business. <laughs> yeah, Homer is dragging a, a, uh, a cart that has corn mash and tequila worms in it. Yes, that is quite uh, all those other quite use, specific. All those other uses for tequila worms. Um, Homer's stills start exploding, uh, which I don't. I think you can alleviate that. I don't think it's like a. It's it's absolutely like a a given if you're going to be brewing your own liquor. Yeah, I mean, if you're making, you know, using backyard stills, there are ways, pressure release valves and those sorts of things that should be essentially part of this, or he didn't build the structure strong enough to withstand the pressure inside. That'd be my guess, is that Homer doesn't understand any of those things. Although... Well, that's true. To be... I don't know. To be... I like... This is all very audacious for Homer, I want to say. This is, like, for all his schemes, this is the one that has probably worked the best, or among them, at least. It's true. It worked very well until it blew up. (laughs) Uh, so they start exploding, and he uh, tries to cover for it uh, for at least a bit. Ah! What on earth happened down there? One of the stills... Uh, nothing, March. I think it must have been that bean I had for dinner. Kaboom! Blam! Oh, excuse me again, dear. Homer, there's no point in pretending you're making those noises. Your homemade liquor is exploding again. What, dear? Kablamo! You made some money and had the fun of being a wanted criminal. Why not quit now? Why you're ahead? Boom. <laughs> I'll be right back. I've thought about what you said, honey, and I've decided to quit. <laughs> well, yeah, when you get caught on fire, it's usually a good time to stop on the business. Yeah, it's, it's good to reflect, uh, and I think usually after I catch on fire, it's a good time to stop and reflect on what led you there, what led you to be rolling around in your front yard on fire. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, the sound design in that is that scene in particular is great uh, with the the burgeoning explosions and then the final big one and Homer's the, yeah. and Homer's little Homer's facade of of having that having that bean for dinner is also uh, really wonderful. Hmm. Um, Homer gives up, uh, still has his money. Wiggum tries to stick him up on the street, uh, but Wiggum's gun is maybe forty percent there. It's missing a trigger and a handle. Yeah, without the trigger, there's not a whole lot you can do yeah, uh, you because ca- you have no way of actually firing it. You kind of need the, that part in particular to fire a gun. It is literally the trigger. Uh, <laughs> but Wiggum is sad and uh, and very angry at Rex Banner, even though he doesn't remember the man's name, which that is a very Wiggum thing as well. Yes, I'm very, yes. I'm very enraged at this man that I don't remember who he is. Uh, but because the... Beer Baron has disappeared. Basically, there's no more. Uh, there's no more booze in town. So Rex Banner has as won. Basically, right? He's he's basically uh, done what he said he was going to do. He's taken control of the town and and gotten rid of those terrible bootleggers. And so uh, he celebrates. I'm happy to report that the flow of illegal liquor seems to have dried up. 
public drunkenness has ceased, and those mysterious liquor clouds over Evergreen Terrace are gone. People, Rick's Banner has won your war against alcohol. Yeah! What about the beer baron? I suspect he was just an invention of the media. The idea that someone like that could operate under my very nose is laughable. Uh, <laughs> well, you all know what laughter sounds like. <laughs> well, apparently Rex Banner does not. I, I mean, it is again, again. Rex, the, that Rex Banner character is the the probably to the, the that that detective noir taken to the nth degree of I am stone cold serious at all times. I don't have no sense. I mean, and they poke and they they're poking at him the entire episode. They're you know the banana kaboom and him punching through glass windows and him 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 holding up shaking down Ned Flanders in the street. And, you know, he can't, he doesn't know how to laugh, which is just kind of terrifying. It's just lovely. I love it. It is, I mean, if you ever met a man who actually was Rex Banner, he'd be totally, he'd be uh, the, like, the most scariest person alive in real life. But in The Simpsons, I just, he is, he is a terrific creation. And uh, just after that, uh, Homer has, has planned with Chief Wiggum how to get Chief Wiggum his job back and get rid of Rex Banner. And that is to show have Wiggum quote unquote capture the beer baron which was Homer um unfortunately for Homer uh that means he gets catapulted they were creative with punishments back then i yeah catapults probably uh, it's it's i guess that's the original catapult too cuz they banner says it's 200 years old so that is the original catapult they've had the entire time that's impressive that it's still working they've i mean had, wood and rope and those sort of things do not last that long maybe they you know they uh restored it Maybe, maybe, but they test it on a cat. Uh, that cat lived, was perfectly healthy. Yep, cats always land on their feet that and cat, always perfectly fine. Yeah, that cat was totally cool. Um, uh, Homer is after the the catapult is shown to work on the poor kitty cat. Uh, Homer is back into the cat, cat, catapult to be launched. Uh, Marge makes a plea uh, for Homer's life. Wait, you can't do this! All my husband did was violate a law that doesn't make sense. Now, I'll admit, car crashes and fistfights have been down recently, but prohibition has cost us our freedom. Our freedom to drink. Now, hold on a minute, Missy. It's not up to us to choose which laws we want to obey. If it were, I'd kill everyone who looked at me cockeyed. Our laws are in place for a reason. Send them back like to Mama, boy. That was unexpected. Well, reset the catapult and let's get this over with. Wait, I've discovered more lines on the parchment. It says that the Prohibition Law, which was passed here 200 years ago, was repealed 199 years ago. Release the prisoner. On behalf of the city, I'd like to apologize and ask how long it will take for you to flood this town with booze again. Well, sorry, I'm not in that business anymore. Four minutes. And so, one town's brief flirtation with Prohibition ended in a joyous remarriage to Lady Liquor. Congratulations, Springfield. We wish you the very best. To alcohol, the cause of and solution to all of life's problems. So the episode ends. One of the one of the most well known endings of any episode ever, with probably one of the most well known Simpsons quotes ever. And it's very accurate. No, there, we've never had any problems that did not come from alcohol. 
uh, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna say all of life's problems, but a, a, it's a cycle, you know. You drink. So what t- you're saying you is drink t- life would be better if we didn't have alcohol. No, I'm definitely not saying that. I enjoy. Oh, okay. I enjoy drinking from time to time. My body does not enjoy me drinking from time to time, but that's that. Again, you know, I solved that problem. It's true. More drinking. There you go. Solution that solves its own problem. Uh, I don't know. I they the ending of this episode is just nonstop. It's just uh, like the rest of this episode is just constant, like packed, dense with jokes of incredibly different variety and like uh base physical comedy like rex banner getting catapulted out of town or or like the 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 homers i i think the the two alcohol the the cause of and solution to all the life's problems it seems like a very i don't know simple kind of joke but used as a punchline for this entire episode is absolutely perfect it really is because it basically it's what this episode boils down to how Springfield feels about alcohol. Yeah. And, and how alcohol works in our society at large and how that like how, and how dumb we are in trying to, <laughs> in trying to legislate how people behave and how often we make laws that don't, aren't based in what people, how people act it's more based on what we like some ideal that a certain segment has about how we should and it doesn't ever get anything done and that line is really just kind of a great exclamation point at the end of the episode like that just punctuates it perfectly about how how dumb we are as a society just how <laughs> stupid we are and how it's okay to drink a beer you're not a bad person for drinking a beer. You're, you're, it's fine. It can cause problems, but it could also make somebody feel better. So we shouldn't ban it outright. It's basically yeah. what they're saying. I, in showing how stupid we are, it is actually, I, I think why in the end of the day, I really, I love this episode so much and why a lot of people love this episode is actually, it is actually portraying how much nuance things have. Like Homer is incredibly dumb, but in saying, yeah, alcohol is, a cause of uh, and it's a cause and solution to all of life problems it is actually showing an incredible detail of nuance in how we tackle how alcohol works in society and how lots of things and you know you can extrapolate to like how complicated life is and you how you shouldn't take beer away from people it's true alcohol in small amounts can be good for you mentally and physically so matt is going to go drink his fifth his daily fifth of vodka after we're done yes that's what i meant by a tiny amount the fifth that's a tiny amount i mean it's it's a small bottle no mm, are you sure about that a fifth is a pretty small bottle it's relatively small not a, it's it's i mean it can fit in your hand are you looking um, up how much a fifth a, of vodka is yeah. I, I know how much a, a fifth is like that's a pretty big bottle uh let's see one fifth of a gallon so that is that's not that much seven that is an entire bottle of wine of liquor yeah you're supposed to drink a bottle of wine a day I'm not sure a glass and a half counts as a bottle. How big is your glass? I don't know. I think most wine gla- or most wine bottles give you what three glasses? I think for a standard wine glass. We got uh, Mister got Mister T total over here. Mister Rex Banner over here telling me I can't drink. I get it. I see how it is. I'm totally doing that for Halloween this year. <laughs> I mean Rex Banner. That'd be amazing. You should definitely be Rex Banner. 
But that's hmm. that's the end of the episode. It is a an absolutely hilarious episode. Incredibly well written and tightly packed. Uh, well constructed, well acted. Uh, it, it it really does a good job at portraying our idiocy as a society and is absolutely funny absolutely hilarious matt hates it yes i do it's disgusting it is is not definitely not in my top 10 episodes of all time Ooh, top 10 you say yes oh okay i love this episode i mean it doesn't have a whole lot of the you know emotional heartstring tugging that we like but in terms of episodes that are just fun definitely one of my favorites yeah it absolutely is just when people talk about uh, the the Simpsons episode that is just wall-to-wall jokes, that every, every single thing in it is for that purpose of just, like, nonstop hilarity, this is one of those ones I would point to. It's just, like, this mm-hmm. episode. It's just people at the top of their game. Um, we will rank it at the end of the show. We do have a submission for my favorite episode. This is from Ryan. Hey, guys, I'd like to submit Homer vs. the 18th Amendment as my favorite Simpsons episode ever. So many good choices, obviously, but this episode is probably the one that has made me laugh the most over the years, no matter how many times I see it. And I'm not just some blind tiger jerking suds on the side. It has everything you could ever want in Simpsons episode with freeze frame gags, the help wanted no Irish need apply sign in Moe's, unforgettable one-off character in Rex Banner, and one of Homer's all-time classic quotes to alcohol, the cause of, and solution to, all of life's problems. I love the transformation of Moe's into a speakeasy with Homer finally finding success with one of his crazy schemes. And whenever I hear Chief Wiggum's under his breath reaction to the reading of the Prohibition Laws, get out of here, you old clerk guy. I can't help but <laughs> laugh. Ha! Ha! <laughs> Uh, well, you know, you you know what sound, laughter sounds like. Uh, keep up the good work, guys. Love the podcast. Thank you for your submission. And another from Brandon. Hi, Robbie and Matt. Having missed other potential favorite episodes already, I'm going to have to say Homer vs. the 18th Amendment is my favorite. Growing up, I watched reruns of The Simpsons every night, and along with The Trouble with Trillions on Tax Day, I got to watch Homer vs. the 18th Amendment like clockwork every St. Patrick's Day. The idea that Homer could operate right under Rex Banner's nose is laughable. We all know what laughter sounds like. I am very fond of the absurdity of the episode, and it is chock full of jokes from Without Beer Prohibition Doesn't Work to I Can Explain Marge, Please Let Me Explain, No, Why Won't You Let Me Explain, to Delicious Caulk, and my favorite, well, I'll Be Darned, Long Pants. This episode keeps you engaged from beginning to, and perhaps the best ending line of any Simpsons episode, to alcohol, the cause of, and solution to, all of life's problems. We have another from Kirsten. Kirsten? Hello, Robbie and Matt. First off, I want to say love the podcast. Keep up the awesome work. Awesome work. Homer vs. the 18th Amendment is most definitely my favorite episode. I am sure there's nothing I can say here you guys won't have covered, but this episode gets better every time I watch it. From Homer and Bart's high-speed graveyard chase to Moe's pet shop speakeasy, Rex Banner's attempt at laughter, Homer's exploding liquor stills, and of course the Beer Baron's new hat episode is perfect every step of the way. It taught us all important life lessons like the real money's in bootlegging, not childish vandalism. There is in fact a niche market for bathtub mint juleps and stop, drop, and roll is an essential skill to be a successful bootlegger. I hereby close with a toast to alcohol, the cause of, and solution to all of life problems. Thanks guys. And finally from Mike. Dear Matt and Robbie, I would like to join the My Favorite Episode group for Homer vs. the 18th Amendment, as I'm confident I'm not the only one who likes this episode the best. This is such a well-written episode with endless jokes and gags, such as Duff introducing its non-alcoholic beer and it subsequently closing 30 minutes later, and the great line at first prohibition was a good thing, as people were drinking more and having more fun, but without alcohol, prohibition just doesn't work. Who can forget the great back-and-forth banner with Homer and Dad, with Bart and Homer? Dad, running over tombstones is bad luck. Really? I heard good. And Homer telling Marge, go and 
Owen Bolton, if not back, avenge death, which, by the way, is such a great saying to add whenever you announce when leaving. An old-timey news reporter really adds a great touch to this episode, not to mention the Elliot Ness parallels to Rex Banner, and I still laugh out loud as I watch this episode when Homer is lit on fire making his own liquor. Though this episode has its holes, as I still can't help but wonder where a small town stored a giant catapult for 200 years and why no one questioned its purpose. The rest of the episode is really is not enough. Arguably the best moment is Homer's Invisalign to conclude the episode, which I have a short story to go with. Like Matt, I am also an engineer, and back in college, my organic chemistry professor wrote a Simpsons quote on the cover page of exams. One exam you wrote to alcohol, the cause of, and solution to all of life's problems, and cited Homer Simpson, amateur chemist. Hope there are a few listeners out there who will find the humor in that. Thank you, Mike. If you have a submission for my favorite episode, simply submit it to simpsonshowpod at gmail.com, explaining why a certain episode is your favorite, and I will read it when we get there. Next up, Matt, is time for comments from the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I'll comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people are talking about a week or two after an episode debut, including reviews and other stuff. Mixed reviews on this one, Matt. Mixed. I... Not and but okay. I'm no not very few. This is an a great episode. There are some people who are like this is good, and a lot of people are like it's all right, mostly all right. And then some people were even saying that Rex Banner was bad. In what way was he bad? Boring, dumb, not funny. Uh huh. I I I just don't understand these people and what they find amusing. I, I'm these <sighs> these are the people who like awkward humor, and that's why they're wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I I think I don't know. There it wasn't there I, there weren't very many like worst episode ever's or anything. But I, it's really strange to me. Like it seems very apparent to me how good this is. Like right away, it it is like it its quality seems immediately apparent. It is in nice. It's it's yes, parodying the Untouchables, which like wasn't a new movie at the time. But other than that, it's more about like the characters. And what they would do in this crazy situation. And it's like cleverness and like variety seem like it's there. It's not like a thing you need to study or anything. Oh, it only works 20 years later. It's it that I that's the thing that always gets me about these like widely. I mean, this is widely considered top 10 of all time. Of all Simpsons episodes, many lists, top 10 lists. I I guess why doesn't everyone like the thing that's good? Because they're dumb, <laughs> or, I, uh, or they're just broken inside. That might be it. They they were they they might be just broken inside. It happens. to The best of us. Uh, I I included a little a couple other tidbits uh, from the news group. Uh, one person. Uh, let's see. Uh, I am sick of complicated uh, banner link exchange services, so I decided to start my own Simpsons link exchange. Here's what to do: put a link to my site on your web page. Email me your URL. Once I see that you have placed a link on your page, I will place a link to your page from mine. Remember when people went to websites? Uh, I still go to websites. I do too. Are, are you saying I'm an anarchist or I'm, uh, not an anarchist? You, I, yes, uh, I'm saying you're an anarchist. Person. You're gonna start fires and blow up places. Anachronism. Thank you. You're you are from what I am also an anachronism. Matt. I from what I understand is that most people use like social media sites and very little else. They don't really go to many other websites. Mm-hmm. Those people are wrong. I I don't know. They use Facebook and social Twitter. media is the devil. I don't think it's the it's okay. I'll, it's bad, but it's not the devil. <laughs> I I don't want it. We I don't we don't need to like exaggerate for 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 no use. No no hyperbole here ever. Uh, but we can move on. Uh, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for the listener question of the week. 
Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow? KBBL is going to give me something stupid. Well, hot dog, we have a wiener. Yellow? Our listener question of the week this week is, what is your favorite dream sequence? Tons of great answers. Appreciate everyone who takes the time. First from Mike. Lisa's dream about being part of Garfunkel, Oates, Messina, and Lisa, if only for the part where she questions the logic for a dream and why everyone came to the concert just to boo them. Chris, when Homer falls asleep at the wheel and his cloud-covered bed is revealed to be his car during a fence. Uh, from Jonathan, Lisa's rival with the multiple faints and recovers of Lisa. This is not a dream. Line read from Mr. Largo cracks me up every time. Uh, from Upcar, under the sea, under the sea, there'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans, under the sea. That's my best I hope Matt doesn't pick that one to sing. Uh, uh, from Mike Homer, Think Tank, eh? Correctly envisions the Think Tank. What? I'm allowed to get one, right? Uh, from Izzy, impaled on my Nobel Peace Prize. How ironic. Uh, from Elliot, oh, let me help you, George Washington. Uh, from Holly, mmm, the land of chocolate. I clearly remember seeing this for the first time with my best friend in about 1997 and laughing hysterically for easily 10 minutes. Uh, from Dave, Bart Soul. Uh, when everyone in, from Bart sells a soul, when everyone in their souls rowing boats and Bart Mills gets to sit back with his and Bart's soul, uh, ram him and Bart's trying to row himself just spinning around. Uh, Steve at Lost Tattoo Guy, uh, Lisa's overweight future. Hey, Angel Pie, can you drive me down to the library? I want to rent us up some movies. Uh, from Scott, Pierre Cromlins, Bart drinking a ton of water in order to wake up early. P, P, P. Uh, from Gabriel at Text Gab, uh, when Homer cuts himself shaving and rainbows come out instead of blood. Uh, from Bizarro, Bizarro Felger at Sports Club, when Lisa doesn't get into Harvard and her application is forward to Brown. No, not Brown. 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 Uh, from John at Johnny Two-Tone. Uh, when Homer falls asleep while driving, because of the way the art changes, it's resembled the Little Nemo art style. Uh, from Animated TV Blog at Animated TV Blog. Uh, Wiggums from Who Shot Mr. Burns. This suit burns better. Look. Burns suit. Uh, also named Bort at I Hear Ramona Sing. Uh, definitely shouldn't waste time pretending there are better answers. Land of Chocolate is perfect. Uh, I'm recording this without Matt, this segment. So Matt Matt has given me his answer. It is the Land of Chocolate. Uh, I imagine it's because it's chocolate and it's lovely and brilliant. Uh, very popular answer. My is also a very popular answer. Mine is the Bart Sells' Soul uh, dream sequence, nightmare sequence uh, with the robots. It because it, I, I even like it because it even has like an arc where it, the first time it's like a nightmare, and then the second time it has it's like a lovely dream because Bart gets to be mean to people in his dream. He's even he, he's a prankster even in his dreams. Um, uh, next week's question: What's your favorite drunk moment from The Simpsons? We, I, I might have done this one before, but we're doing it again if we have. Uh, you know, any just like we've touched on in this episode, there's a lot of drinking in The Simpsons, so tons of uh, tons of candidates. I'll post this question on all of our social media on Facebook.com slash The Simpsons Show Pod, Twitter at Simpsons Show Pod, and you can email us at Simpsons Show Pod at gmail.com. Reach out in any of those places. You know, you know the drill. We can move on to our next segment, Matt. You know what time it is. Time for me to kick your butt. Probably. It is time for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge, where Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. We have a wager for this season, season eight. Whoever loses must record themselves singing a Simpsons song of the winners choosing. Are you ready, Matt? I am ready. I have an easy question for you. All these questions come from Homer's Odyssey from season one. Oh, 
I'm screwed. All right, hit you're, me. You're fine. You're you'll get. You're you. Uh-huh. You say that every time, and then you get a bunch of questions right. Your easy question: Homer earns his position as what in Homer's Odyssey? Uh, nuclear safety inspector for Sector Seven G. I would. You're technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. <laughs> Indeed. Okay. What's my easy question? All right, your easy question. What famous actor guest stars in Mayored to the Mob? Be Mark Hamill. Indeed. Luke's Luke Skywalker, the Joker. Yes, not Mark Hamill, Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, yeah. <laughs> your medium question. What position is Homer fired from at the beginning of Homer's Odyssey? Okay. Um technical supervisor. Yeah, you're right. Okay, because he says, I'm not a supervising technician, I'm a technical supervisor, and I'm like, which one was it? Or <laughs> was that? Uh, yeah, you're doing so terrible. What's my medium question? All right, your medium question. Uh, what kind of animal was used for the elementary school milk in Mayor to the Mob? Rat milk. Oh, man, I didn't make these hard enough. <laughs> oh, whatever. Because I get it right is what is that what your 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 uh... Well, if you get a medium question right, I'm not making it hard enough. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's that that's okay. Your hard question, Matt. I don't this is probably too hard for you, honestly. Oh, um right. No, okay, here. Here, here. We're going to what the what Okay, let's see. One. Oh god. Nine characters appear for the first time in Homer's Odyssey. Name four of them. Four of them. Okay. Um, I believe it is Smithers. Uh, he, as terms appearing, his voice was in the first episode, but he is in this episode for the first time. Um, is the first time we get uh, Blinky, technically. Um, we also get um, Otto, because they take the school bus. We get Wendell. Uh, I believe it's the first Wendell, because uh, he pukes on the bus. Um, let's see who else was there. Um, oh man. Uh, oh, um, no, wait, is this before or no, no, no that's actually, <laughs> you don't get, uh, in, you don't get, in, you don't get infinite guesses, Matt. Okay. You gotta, you, you guess six different characters. You gotta, what four are your, your answers for this? Is it, Smith, oh, well, is it the first four? Is that your answer? I uh, don't, no, I'm gonna go Smithers, Otto, Wendell, or was Wendell? No, not Wendell. I think Wendell was early. Okay. So Smithers. Otto, Sherry, and Terry. Do they count as two separate characters as one character? They are two different people. <laughs> they are not okay. one character. Those are two people. Well, you know, sometimes you group twins together. I mean, there are they are grouped together almost all, always. But unfortunately, yeah. you are close, but no cigar. Oh, because it is actually not... it is the second appearance of Smithers. Yeah, if you count his voice. No, he appears. It's not just his voice. See, this is his second appearance. When was his first appearance? And I probably I would count his voice probably, but uh, mm. what's the second episode or the first episode? He's in the first episode. Just his voice. Like, he does not appear in the first episode. I thought he did. Uh, he does not. Auto Man, Chief Wiggum, Jasper, oh, Wiggum, of course. Sam and Larry, Barflies, Sherry and Terry, and then huh. I these are I threw this name in here because it, they put it on the wiki, but I don't really count it. But Mister and Missus Winfield. Who are they're like the old couple that live near the Simpsons? Oh yeah, yeah. For yeah. an interminable length of time, and then they disappear pretty much forever. <laughs> I don't think the Winfields ever come back. This is not. I, his... I think actually, Mrs. Winfield is the one Bart does chores for to earn uh, thought, money for the radioactive number one. Wasn't that? I thought that was a different lady. It might have been Mrs. Glick. 
Yeah, I thought that was it. Three men and a really? comic book. Yes, Mrs. Glick is three men. And oh, comic. okay. It's not. They look movie. exactly the same. They're an old lady. Simpsons old ladies kind of. If you're not Agnes, they kind of look all the same. And then eventually they just I use Agnes so. as everything. She's the only old lady in the show. What's my hard question, Matt? All right, you're probably going to get this, but I mean... at Bible Sci-Fi Con, who does Skinner dress as? Bible Sci-Fi Con. Hmm. Who does Skinner dress up as? Skinner, you said? Yes, Skinner. Principal Skinner. He... Hmm. It's from the same episode, correct? Correct. Okay. Hmm. Don't know. I guess I, I should clarify in this episode's bi-month sci-fi con, because since it's bi-monthly, there are quite a few in the series. Hmm. Um, I'll go with Catman. That's all I've got. Is that your final answer? That's it. That's all I've got. I'm sorry, this episode is Spock. Uh, however, you are correct uh, in the episode where uh, Edna goes out with uh, uh comic book guy. Uh, he dresses the, oh, he told me it was Catman, which is a character in DC Comics as well. Oh. Okay. Too many bi-mun bi sci-fi cons for me. Okay, so uh, that retains the same lead he had as before. I'm totally going to overtake him. It's going to happen. Definitely going to happen. Uh, we can move on to our final segment. A segment we end every single episode with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. You said top 10, Matt. I would definitely say top 10. Like if, if you, because I think in the top 10, our like, highest rated one that is just funny is Marge versus the Monorail. I think this is better. What about you only move twice? I don't know. I feel like that. I wouldn't call that strictly funny uh, because you have the whole Homer heartstrings being tugged by his family being unhappy. Uh, it's it's close, but I I would say it's not quite as good as you only move twice. Okay, that's more. The, I'm more. I mean, I think they're actually very comparable. Uh, I think mm -hmm. they both are like they subtly are like touching on how the Simpsons work, like. We didn't really touch on it in this episode, but Rex Banner just gets thrown away at the very end of the episode because they can't have him around anymore because he breaks the show. Uh, yeah. And, and like, you know, Hank Scorpio, like, and and I think not even Hank Scorpio, but the entire setting of, of uh, you know, uh, any, any place outside of Springfield, honestly, just doesn't work for the Simpsons. They have to exist the way they exist. Um, but I would say they're pretty comparable in that they are really just like, wall-to-wall -wall jokes with a terrific guest character you know rex banner yeah. and hank scorpio are top five guest characters like and maybe easily, and easily. May, maybe one two you know it's possible i don't i'm not necessarily saying i'd make them one two but i'd put them both in my top five um so i think they're i think you only move twice is better uh i i think i think it's just funnier to me but yeah you know, I, I would agree but i think marjorie's the monorail also, another, I think Mars with Monorail, another great comparison because it does have, you know, a one-off character and a crazy, crazy stuff happening that doesn't make any sense, but who cares? I don't know if I think this is better than Mars with Monorail, though, because Mars with Monorail has Monorail in it. And Leonard Nimoy. But I, I think this is this episode all around. It's like Marge versus the Monorail has a couple spots where it start, tends to get a little slow. This episode is not, there's not a single point where I, my attention even wandered the tiniest bit. I don't think Marge vs. Monorail is slow at all. I think it's pretty action not, not all, but it's got a couple spots where, like, nothing kind of happens. What's, you're just kind of watching something. What's, what's that one spot? Where, give me an example. 
when they're building the monorail. Uh, I feel like right there, they're just kind of watching them crane something over, and then they drop it in the wrong spot. But, you know, it's a slow gag, but it, it slows down a little bit there uh, when they're establishing everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it's, if you say it's better than March Mr. Monorail, is it better than Homer's Phobia? Does it go higher than that? Does it go higher than Lisa the Iconoclast? You say, if, it's already, if it's below, you only move twice. That's number five. We have Marjorie Monorail at number eight. So is it six, seven, eight? Where is it new? Where does it go? Give me your spot and we'll work from there. Above Homer's Phobia, below Lisa the Iconoclast. Uh, because I think Lisa the Iconoclast is a really good mix of, you know, emotional content and character development. Uh, Homer's Phobia, I think, is also a really good mix. But I think this is just so funny that it's better than John Waters for me. I, okay, I'll compromise with you. Okay. I'll go above Mars vs. Monorail. I, I can't put it above Homer's Phobia. I can be okay with that. I mean, I would put it it's personally. Very I, personally, I would put it right above Lisa's Wedding, right below Mars vs. Monorail, I think. No, no, sorry. Yeah, it's got to go above Mars vs. Monorail. It'll have to be our, our compromise. Okay, that's fine. But that is Homer vs. the 18th Amendment, new number eight on our list. Uh, number one is still Cape Fear, holding strong. And last is Homer's Odyssey. What is our next episode, Matt? Ooh, let me check my list. Uh, let's see, Homer's. Uh, not Homer's. Sorry. Here, I'll give you. Uh, I'll give you a clue. Okay, grade school confidential. I, I, I was gonna do the Ralph quote uh, from. Yeah. They had a baby, and then the baby looked at me. The baby looked at you. Sarah, get me the, uh, <laughs> the superintendent. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. Uh, another great episode. Um, talk about it next week. You can find this list at our website, simply thesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there. Uh, see facebook.com slash thesimpsonshowpod, Twitter, simpsonshowpod. All links to our RSS feed, links to our Patreon. All those things. Check them out. I think they'll do it for us this week. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. You can subscribe to my newsletter, tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman. And please check out my other podcast, The Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and the serial fanaticist. It's about well, lots of nerdy things that I like talking about. Matt does not... And there's that. a lot. <laughs> like, it, I mean, I chose that title on purpose. Obviously. Matt does not participate in social media unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That's true. However, I have been training uh, uh, the little uh, shrimps, the ones that, oh, their name has just escaped me. Oh crap! The 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 tiny shrimp, the sea monkeys, mantis shrimps. No, no, no. <laughs> those are brine shrimp. No, sorry, uh, mantis shrimp. Uh, to use their amazing powers to send long distance messages over the ocean. Uh, so uh, if you want to hear from me, uh, and then send some messages back, you'll just need to put a giant underwater listening station together, uh, for listen for the cavitations, and then send them back with your own trained mantis shrimp. Sea monkeys. That's viable too, I guess. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And I keep watching the Sips. Shh. <laughs>